0: You're comfortable? I am very comfortable.
1: See, I didn't even let you get up all the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, well, it's... That's how it's, comfortable I'm I a little, want you to be.
0: I'm un- I'm kind of ungainly. I, um, In all honesty, like, I have noticed I've started grunting when I, like, tie my shoes and get up because I've officially hit my late 50s. You know that you do that I do that kind of grandpa thing, that kind of, like...
1: Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. You really don't have to be that way because I'm older than you and I'm not that way at all. You're not? No, fuck no. But you're married. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Um, but no one ever says, <laughs> you say ungainly. No one ever says, I'm gainly. I'm going to say that you're gainly and I'm ungainly. <laughs> didn't How's that? I don't even know what gainly is. I don't think, yeah, yeah. Ungainly, it must be the opposite of ungainly. Yeah, gainly,
0: yeah. But gonna, no one's ever gainly. Let's work that in, ladies and gentlemen, let's, uh, viewers. Let's work that in the vocabulary. But, Someone
1: spry, um, if they're what, what are fit. You, what, but
0: how old are you? 57. What about liquor? You're no, I'm, that- I'm sober. Oh, then you're completely fucked. I had a bad dope trip in my 20s. I don't know if it was laced with something, but I was going through a really bad time, and I decided to wake and bake on Christmas morning. While living in uh an abandoned beer brewery in Brooklyn, like a squatter, and wow. I had a super bad trip. I started shaking, I was sweating, my muscles were like contracting in my arms, my heart was racing. What year is this? Ninety Okay. Ninety one? Timeout. And then I we're well, not <laughs> done yet. <laughs> but it happened in the nineties. Yeah? So it, it was a fluke. But I'm not done with my story. Oh, sorry. Because then I saw the face of God, Oh. and then I swore to the face of God that I would never smoke dope again.
1: What'd he look like? <laughs> What's this face look like? It, it,
0: it looked like, in all seriousness, it looked like a Mark Rothko painting. It looked like an
1: abstract sunset, like I, over the Tahitian Ocean. That's funny, because I always thought God would look like James Woods. 'Cause he's also a prick, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like God's a prick and in kind of the same way <laughs> kind James Wood you know. Same way? I mean if well if you read But the James book. Wood was
0: brilliant
1: in that there was a he
0: he had a time, he had a period of time when he was doing some of the best acting. Act for,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I'm almost always as a prick. Yes. <laughs> so how much we can call that acting is is under discussion but yes he he absolutely well you both, have zero fear of james woods watching this podcast and, um i have zero and, fear of what james woods can do to me <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's so it's, what, a, it's a that's power play what I, that's okay, what i have i get it no no I, you know what i would absolutely i would love if james woods did this podcast by the way i i have all stripes on this show
0: did you hear a story about the 9-11 pilot Practice thing from back in the day from from nine eleven. Who are we talking about, Jim Woods? Yeah. Well, no. What What do you mean his story? James Woods was on a plane to New York with the guys who flew into the twin towers before they flew into the twin towers, and he saw them doing a practice run. Oh. And he reported it to like the FDA. Right. And he was telling the story around the time, and he was like, these guys are like going to hijack a plane. Well, see,
1: the problem is he reported it to the FDA. If oh. he had reported it to the FAA, oh, <laughs> a lot more people would have lived through 9-11. They were like, listen, buddy, but they stop were like,
0: calling us. If you've got bad pork, call us. <laughs> this is the wrong department. It's like, no, you've got to listen to me.
1: <laughs> yes. Now, there's a there's a great plot for a movie. No. So do we? are you saying that James Wood's fabricated this story you no say, oh so you think it's real? It's legit yeah it's I, I absolutely believe it, yeah. legit yeah I, th- I probably is too well i mean we do know uh that they uh were known to be people <laughs> who were asking for instruction in how to take off but no need for land yeah. landing, landing they, they would they would sleep <laughs> take a, naps like a, a slight Ahmed, wake up we're, touch, we're going on landings yeah. now and the name is muhammad kablooey all right <laughs> so Let's get back to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so you saw God. I saw the face of God. And you made this deal with him? I just swore to the face of God. I, it was. That you, you know, wouldn't do this it again. Was like
0: a, it was like, a, it was like a, a teen caper movie. It's like, please, God, get me through this, and I won't ever smoke pot again. Or I won't ever do drugs again. I was doing a lot of drugs at the time. Well, let me amend that. I was doing some drugs at the time,
1: but too many for a 21-year-old so um right so what if you smoke pot you you, so you if you smoke pot it's not that you would fear that you would have an episode like that again right what you fear you're saying is that you would uh anger god because you'd be a welcher (laughs) on the deal no i think i feel like that's what i'm getting from it
0: i i know i know that's right i know that's where you're going now. that is it That's not, that's not right. It wasn't, drugs, drugs and alcohol were not good for me. They did not make my life better at all. They made them profoundly worse. So as I kind of went along that journey, I was like, you know what? I don't need
1: uh, any, uh, you know, a little caffeine, no other medications for Well, I I can tell almost, or I would guess by looking at you that you don't drink because you may think you're ungainly, but you've, you've hardly aged uh, you don't look. Your face does not look like. Uh, uh, you know, you're generically middle aged. You could be. You could definitely play someone in their forties easily. I have a. I have a baby. I have a fat baby face. I don't have like
0: a chiseled James Wood face it's not like fat. you.
1: It's it's a old James Woods face. Yeah, you have like a gnarly, like etched, <laughs> okay. like one of now the James Woods like, is in
0: everything. You're like one of the Ents. You're like one of the tree well, people he's from not, Lord of the Rings.
1: He's not a good-looking man, so I don't. I, no, I feel you're like, not pockmarked. No, you're not pock riddled. Oh, did we have to go there? You're not. No, I know, but now James Woods is like, you know, I was okay when you just said I was a prick like God, <laughs> but now we have to go to, you know, that's not. I right. gave him his props on this story. Hey, you know what? Let me give you these props, James Woods. Um, Even with that face of yours, you were attractive to women. You know why? Because women are not like men, newsflash. I mean, of course, they appreciate good looks, and sometimes they do fall for it. It it certainly doesn't hurt. But they can fall for a guy like that because he's sexy. He may not be great looking, but to them, sexiness is deeper because they're deeper. Mm -hmm. And so you can be like Humphrey Bogart was also uh, a face like two miles a bad road. Yeah. We were really piling up Spencer Tracy Spencer Tracy wasn't bad looking he just was mediocre looking okay you know but yes they just appreciate a guy with a pair of balls it's greater it's better of course if they're good looking too I think it's edge they like it's edge edge, right and James Woods had it you know he was sexy to women and I mean he's always like uh, getting with someone who's way uh well not in my world but too young mostly for society you know like i think he was like 59 when he got with a friend of his his daughter who was like 20 or oh my something god where well, are we going
0: well, by the way everyone under 45 is googling james woods right now because he's not he's like yeah. he's relevant to us he's let's face well,
1: it he's definitely not relevant to us but uh we but we are fans of his work and i hope you would agree with me uh, I don't know how indoctrinated you are. I hope not too much. That we we don't have to have share politics to be friends with people. I agree a hundred percent. Oh, good. A thousand percent. Because I cannot stand the attitude of if you don't agree with me, I unfriend you. Remember the whole thing about like someone shook hands with George Bush. Yes. Junior at
0: a, like the Ellen, U.S. Open or something Ellen, like that. And like, Ellen, you shook hands with Ellen, a war criminal. It was Ellen.
1: Yeah you don't want to acknowledge that it was ellen <laughs> why is that something we want to avoid it was ellen I, I, it wasn't her fault. it doesn't even right? matter who it was the point is it's like you know who else is rather chummy with george bush i don't mean chummy like they hey george michelle obama, obama. yeah both the obamas and you know who um ruth bader ginsburg was very close scalia with? scalia and you're Sonia not gonna stump Son- me mayor what? You're not gonna stump me. <laughs> Did you call me Mayor? Did you say I'm I'm Bill Mayer? you edit it to
0: make oh. it sound like I said Mar? Wow,
1: first you're late and now you mispronounce my name. Wow. I No. I still like you, but um uh, You were great on politically incorrect. Thanks. And you were great on your show. That ended a while ago though. <laughs> anyway, um I have a show now. <laughs> so how do I get the show? By the way, I was, I know you hear this like a zillion times a day, but um, I was like the biggest fan of The Office. Nice. Oh, my God. I remember we t- have taped on Friday uh, since the beginning with, with Real Time. Thursday, your show was on. And so Thursday was my really hard cram night. I would like work my tail off, tape the show. This is the old D B R days. And it was like what I was like. It was the carrot at the end of my long work night. It's mm. like I am exhausted. I'm getting into bed, and I know I I checked it ten times. I know I DVR'd the office, and you know there's almost nothing as good as like going to bed like with a an actual laugh, a laugh out loud. Yeah, I feel like it's therapeutic. I'm just pulling that out of my ass, but like I if I can, I like to end. My TV watching a night with something that'll make me laugh. I think the word you use, therapeutic, is really
0: interesting because I can't tell you how many times a day online and in person I hear from people, thank you for the office, the laughter that it gave me, that it gave my family. That, oh, yeah. Uh, healed us during COVID. How, yes. And, and that's not, you know, when I signed up for the office, it's like, I want to buy a house. Bill Mayer, I want to buy a house. I don't, <laughs> I, I, I uh, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about like giving laughter as, as a therapeutic remedy and a balm and a salve to a hurting right. populace, but how, what an honor it was to be a part of something like that.
1: No, I, I mean, I've had a lucky life, so I don't need, need like a, <sighs> Laughter because, you know, I worked 12 hours, uh, you know, cutting the heads off chickens on a conveyor line or something. I've been spared that kind of life, but not everyone has. Mm-hmm. So I can see why people who love that show the way I did, it would mean even more because mm-hmm. you really, but even for my wonderful, lucky life, it, i remember just all those thursday nights getting into bed just bone tired from working on what i work on just mentally exhausted and that was like the the fact that it was on thursday and of course back then we were a little more tied to when things were on yeah you know yeah um it just and you couldn't like binge it or anything you had to wait and um all those people i mean it was such a large cast but they were all perfect i mean you got to play with such an a team i mean obviously you right at the top of it i mean you you fuck that character in half from the first moment and it was so specific you know it was just like i had this vague idea of pennsylvania dutch and you know there's just but and everything you hit on was like I never thought of it like that specifically, but that makes sense <laughs> for my vague idea of what yeah. these weirdos in this area yeah. not quite like riding the buggy. Yeah. But yeah. adjacent. Right,
0: exactly. You buggy know, and adjacent. that's you were always
1: because yeah. adja- obviously you're working in the office. You're not work you're not there. But you're still rooted in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That was like it was so different than any I mean was that how it was written or? You know, it's so, here's what's so they great. Must, a, they must have had that idea of a character.
0: Well, everyone, everyone sings the praises of Greg Daniels, our showrunner, and I'm going to do it again because th- the way he worked and the way he synthesized comedy ideas is like no one I worked with before or since. And I brought in, when I first met with him and the writers, uh, I brought in a bunch of family photos and I have my my relatives are farmers on both sides, Midwestern farmers on both sides of the, of my family. Right. They're also really white trashy. And so, you know, uncles and Camaros and stuff like that. And they were, and he was like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, Dwight should have a, you know, Camaro or some, uh, you know, some kind of hot, he, he saw right. the photo and he's like, and the farmer, and he's like, farmers, and, I, and he's like, and my grandparents used to farm beets in Poland. Beets, I remember that. And uh, he was like, he'll be a beet farmer and so it was this always this synthesizing these ideas. And during my audition for Dwight, I literally said a line, which was my name. He just had me improvise like a talking head. So I was like, my name is Dwight Schroot. My father's name, Dwight Schroot. His father's name, Dwight Schroot. His father's name, Dwight Schroot Amish. That was just an improv that I did. Just kind of like fucking around. Right. And they're like, that's great. Let's make him Amish. So they're synthesizing. It wasn't like formulated in a writer's room like this would be funny. It's kind of
1: like... But not exactly Amish. Again, adjacent because that's what your thing is saying. Like four generations back, the name was slightly different, just like we see all the time in America, the way we evolve. I mean, my name, M-A-H-E-R... when you go to Ireland, you see that name a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's also M-E-A-G-H-E-R. There's like a lot of variations of it with more letters. So, uh, you know, we evolve. And when that Dwight guy would, would do something in the modern office setting, that's what made it to mm. me what w- was the the great comedy of it was that you're in this modern urban not urban but suburban yeah. setting yeah. but it's contemporary and this guy even though he's wearing the suit and the tie there is something 19th century there mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you just don't see that particular thing on sitcoms a lot yeah and uh, yeah so when he brings in a dead goose or a half a dead deer and the, or and the, and, the, and the the, the th- when he fell for that another awesome character what was the the blonde Angela Angela who was excuse me but the nightmare girlfriend like Mm. and and of course if you ever described a woman like that you'd be canceled in two seconds but you could actually show her Uh,
0: that's true (laughs) you know
1: you have to pretend that all women everywhere are perfect ethereal creatures uh I mean they are uh but, of course, they're humans like everyone else, and there's some horrible ones, and that, to me, and, and, of course, we've all known, when we're, especially when we're young and we're dating, like, whoever likes us is the standard when <laughs> I was certainly in my 20s. which was sure. like, if someone likes me and they're, I find them pretty, that's good enough. And then some of them, I, I was tortured. There were girls who absolutely tortured me because they knew they could get away with it. Right. And that girl who tortures you, she's just never nice. Mm -hmm. never nice to you yeah and yet but but hot
0: sex that was it was clear that it was like insane chemistry and they were so they were so wonderfully odd and suited each other in their in their oddness like it that's what i loved about it like she started as like this uptight christian bitch and that was like the kind of cliché that she started and then right. Angela grew and morphed and lots of different facets came out. And that's another great thing about The Office. There's a lot of sitcoms, characters start a certain way and they end a certain way and you don't learn anything more about them. You don't see other facets, other nuances of the characters. But the Office characters, I won't say they grew and matured, but you just learned more about them and it made them more three-dimensional and I think that's added to the to the lasting value of the show. But you know, towards the end of the show, you realize, like, oh, Dwight and Angela, there's no one else they could ever possibly be with.
1: And, and how did it resolve? I don't
0: remember. They, they, they get married. They have kids. Right. And uh, Dwight uh, rules the
1: office at the end. He gets the management gig. Yeah. Oh, almost like succession. Yeah. And the opposite
0: of succession.
1: Why? Why opposite? In the, because Kendall didn't. Did you watch the last one? Yeah, it's Tom. Kendall didn't get it. Right. And why should Dwight?
0: He's because more, he's been number two for 10
1: seasons. Everyone was rooting for oh, Dwight. Oh, yeah. I guess that's Do you know what right. I mean? I was rooting for Kendall,
0: even though he killed the guy. <laughs> and,
1: yeah, I forgot he was number... Right, with Michael Scott he was because yeah. he was... Yeah. And he, then
0: Andy came in above him, and he was number two to Andy for the last oh, that's couple right. years. And yeah. then there was yeah, Robert California. He was always the number two. So the audience was chomping at the bit for Dwight to... Uh, and I do think, like, <laughs> with Succession that last episode spoiler alert oh everybody um, knows by now uh I really felt the Britishness <laughs> of the creators and directors of succession with that finale that because is it, an interesting statement it, why it, it got because it was so unrelentingly dark and hopeless and there had it been an American showrunner there would have been something for us for those Roy kids for us to believe in instead You've got Roman smirking with a martini, just like he started, just, uh, you know, pathetic. Kendall, suicidal. His, the rug has been ripped out from under him. He's, he has zero hope, even though he's got $3 billion <laughs> in the bank. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Shiv has sold her soul to her husband that doesn't love her and to the boss that backstabbed her. There's, it's all hopelessness, unless you're a huge Tom fan. Um, it's total hopelessness and despair. An American showrunner would have been like Kendall and Roman get together and like, let's go buy Pierce after all. Yeah. And they walk off and it would have been yeah. something for you to go, <laughs> oh, I want, you know what I mean? Cause that was me. I was really big hearted about it. I was devastated. I was depressed for two days after
1: that finale. Really? Yeah. But did you like it? Did you think it was good?
0: No, I thought it was, I thought it was unreasonably, uh, Hopeless. It didn't need to be that hopeless. It, yes, it's a tragedy. Yes, they're fucked up. They're traumatized kids. They they weren't loved. They have the worst uh, mother and the worst father in the world. Uh, and and they have the the this most corrosive sibling rivalry you've ever seen. But at the same time, there's humanity there. And why not, as a storyteller, just give something to the audience that shows us that, you know. They'll survive. They'll get through this. They'll, they'll, they will find a way to thrive because that's what we humans do. We, we have terrible adversities and setbacks. And then we find like a, like a weed and a crack in the sidewalk. We find a way to keep, keep going
1: on. Wow, that's bleak. I mean, I hate to, be a, hate to be a dead horse, but maybe really try the pot again. Because <laughs> it's, it wasn't that bad. First of all, we don't know what's going to happen to them. Yes, they, we saw them at the end of a bad day. Uh, again, as you point out, they have billions of dollars, and uh, I don't think Kendall's going to kill himself. And he does good fucking riddance, you know. I, <laughs> I, I, I have. Why would I care? Whoa. Why would I care about that prick? First of all, he is a murderer, so he probably should get the death penalty uh, for what he did, um, and also just from the beginning. Like I almost didn't watch the series because the the the, the to, to to your. Uh, point about it the very first episode was they were almost so bad and so unattractive to me that i was like why am i going to watch these people and of course that quickly changed but in the very first episode the pilot um roman writes a check for a million dollars on the ball field, remember they're playing, yeah. they have like a, they take helicopters to this ball field, it's like a family tradition so they can play a softball game and they need to impress into the lineup so that there's nine on one side, I guess, this Mexican kid, and uh, Roman offers him, writes a check for a million dollars if he will get a hit, really. And then when the kid does not he rips up the chick in front, check in front of him, I'm like, this is just so, fun. and I to this day, I think, I'm not sure if that wasn't the one flaw they had in that show. Was that scene in the first episode? Because I was so close to like never watching that show. I think because, there's
0: a lot of people that that didn't, and I had to convince a lot of people. Like, just trust me. It was through. just so so broke over that, so over the top. It broke that rule of the, that Hollywood rule of like you gotta have likable characters.
1: And no, it, that and, what are you talking about? That rule was broken a long time ago. Seinfeld broke that rule and. I mean, The Sopranos. Sopranos? Are, uh, yeah, there's lots of people that, that you yeah, don't... Yeah,
0: but how about despicable characters? How's that? Like, all kind of ultimately despicable characters. You
1: know, I, I bet you... I don't know all these series, but, it, but if you went through, like, a lot of the successful scripted shows in this century, Breaking Bad and stuff like that, I think you'd find a lot of despicable characters. Um, what was the one in... Uh, uh, the, the Western that HBO did... Um, Westworld? No, no, not Westworld. Oh, oh
0: uh, um, uh, Deadwood. Deadwood, yeah, yeah.
1: Which I thought was awesome. I loved it. Deadwood. Yeah, yeah, maybe they were. Maybe that's a good example of yeah. They did have redeeming qualities. They weren't evil in, in, in yeah. Deadwood, but um, no, I, th- I think we passed that boundary. But you, it was just like, well, there's a and 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 quickly, I feel like I never saw anything like that after that in the show. I saw them acting like pricks, but it was sort of like. In the flow of where their life was they did, didn't go out of their way to do something like that to write a million dollar check to a kid it's like i get it they're rich i get it they're assholes this was just hitting me over you know, the head with I, it. D-
0: I did this show that no one saw called backstrom and we did 13 episodes for fox where i was like this fucked up alcoholic brilliant uh, detective solving a crime every fifty one <laughs> minutes, right? Um, and uh, uh, it, <laughs> you would have loved it. Um, and we got canceled. And the showrunner Hart Hansen, he's like, "Shit, you know, I should have written. I should have written the puppy moment." And I was like, "What the puppy moment?" And he goes, "Yeah, because when you have like a despicable character, you know, mean spirited. You were. I was. My I was kind of." Shirley, crotchety mean-spirited kind of semi-racist
1: I, that, that was house yeah I he, feel like America likes that but he was like yeah you gotta have a little he was like
0: he was like he should have had the moment in the pilot where right. there's like a stray puppy and he pets the puppy or rescues the puppy so the audience knows like oh because the thing with house was he was an asshole, but he was saving people's lives every single week right so You can get away with a lot when you're saving people's little kids' lives. Right. Cute little kids.
1: And also that's true to something in real life, which is doctors very often, very talented ones, do have a God complex. Yeah. But on the other hand, sometimes they are doing God's work, that James Woods-looking prick. (laughs) Do you have a late-night talk show God complex? (laughs) What what would that be? I don't don't even know what that means. Do I think I'm the God of... Well, we're not really late night, but... uh, No one wakes up and watches your show in the
0: morning. I always watch it at night. I always watch it at night. People... It's a 10 Yeah,
1: It's a 10.30 p.m. show. Well, it's on at 10, but, um, you know, if you just get to the second half hour, (laughs) what are you missing? But, uh, yeah, it it is one of the last shows that does have a lot of appointment... uh, great numbers for appointment television that's like, awesome like seven here and you can get it at seven here on the west and 10 in new york um yeah that's almost completely gone i'm telling you we are one of the last the the, the because even like the late night shows people mostly watch clips of it yeah. and they and they you know the idea of Even SNL, like I I watch clips on YouTube. I don't. The idea, yeah. The idea of like watching that in real time would be like having root canal in Berlin. First of all, I mean, a lot of it, the show itself, I would want to (laughs) slip fast forward through. Yeah. I mean, they get a hold of something good once in a while, and you know, maybe more than once in a while, but it's a little uh, wokey these days mm-hmm. which is the enemy of comedy um sometimes they break out of it but the, the, the players are always very talented well i'm not trying to kiss your ass but i will say
0: that i really think your ro- your show plays an important role because you said on a, on a show recently you were like i haven't changed like my my politics have stayed the same that's true but the left has skewed this way and the right has skewed this way and so it makes it appear that you're you've gone from like liberal to center to even inching towards center right and i love what you're doing in terms of bridging conversations uh
1: yeah i don't really appreciate that i i I honestly don't care um what people label me as because i never really was a, a person who fit into a label that when i first came out they called me a libertarian i guess i had said that word once and anyway it was like Okay, so I'm being called libertarian by people who probably don't even know what that is. And I haven't really looked into it that much myself. Mm. I mean, as far as, you know, I think it's because I was uh, open about smoking pot, mm. you know, and being single. So he, he's a libertarian. They don't think of it much past shit like that. Yeah. So, yeah, are there are parts of me that are libertarian. Yes, I <laughs> always was for smoking pot and <laughs> leaving, our, leading our... Uh, you know uh private lives whatever way we want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else if james woods wants to go out with his do- <laughs> his friend's 20 year old daughter and they're both happy with each other who the fuck are you yeah you know yeah i remember uh, when that girl came forward and said that she had lost her virginity to david bowie after he died yeah this woman i don't remember yeah she she and she was like 16 at the time but she described it in glowing terms. The last thing she was was sorry about it. First yeah. of all, she lost her virginity at a, the exact age when most kids do. I yeah. was 16. Okay. To a rock god. To who Who she said was gentle, loving, knowledgeable, was wearing a kimono. Really? That's better than some pimply-faced, you know, yeah. stock boy at the a and P. am <laughs> describing myself at that age, of course. Um, yeah. No, I mean, just let us... So, you know, am I a libertarian? I'm, I'm, I'm whatever makes sense. I, I, I don't ever... I can't even believe why it's so hard in this country to achieve um, liberal, but not stupid woke, fiscally sane, but not cruel. Is that really that fucking impossible? We are supported by Lumi. As I said, when we started this podcast, there is so much to be worried about in the world floods and fires and the homeless, gas prices, bees dying, too much plastic in the ocean, and missing submarines, to name just a few. This is where microdosing can help. It's getting recognized more by people looking to improve their health and performance. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Whether you're seeking relief from pain, anxiety, better sleep, a creative boost, or just to relax at the end of the day, or the beginning, or the middle, Microdose gummies are the perfect solution. And if you want more of a macrodose of THC, they also make higher dose gummies that are available in six strains, including Granddaddy Sour OG and Cotton Candy Kush. Microdose gummies are available nationwide. Here's an exclusive offer for my listeners. Simply go to microdose.com and use the code RANDOM and save 30% off your first order plus free shipping. Go to microdose.com and use code RANDOM to save 30% and receive free shipping. Microdose gummies, because being healthy doesn't have to be boring. Go to microdose.com today. Summer is here, and as the sun shines brighter, your skin deserves the utmost attention. Skin care isn't just a thing for women, and our friends at Caldera Lab are here to ensure your skin is well prepared for the season ahead. With Caldera Lab incorporated into your skincare routine, taking care of your skin has never been simpler. Their products are clinically proven and help visibly reduce wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging, giving you confidence and an impeccable first impression this summer. Don't miss out on joining the skincare revolution trusted by countless men. Use our exclusive link at calderalab.com slash random to enjoy 20% off their best products. Caldera Lab creates high-performance men's skincare products, and the regimen leads off their product lineup, a -a twice-a-day routine to transform your skin. Inside this bundle, you'll find the clean slate, the base layer, and the good. The good is your go-to serum at night before bed. In every drop of this serum, there are 3.4 million antioxidant units protecting your skin. Wanna know what that means? I have no clue, but that's a shitload of units. Take the leap to skin royalty with Caldera Lab. Get 20% off with our exclusive link at Caldera Lab.com slash random. That's 20% off by going to Calderalab.com slash random. Elevate your skincare game this summer with Caldera Lab. Do you like true crime? Check out the new season of Hot and Deadly, a true crime podcast from ID about murder and betrayal. These episodes feature direct audio from ID's all-American true crime shows, Swamp Murders, Highway to Hell, and Southern Fried Homicide. You'll hear from investigators and family members close to these cases and learn about some shocking stories, like how a bank president was found at the bottom of a swamp and what happened when a former prom teen went missing. You can also listen to all of season one now. It's a lot of true crime, and all available to listen to today. Listen to Hot and Deadly wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You know, I think part of the problem is, and it's something I address in, in my book. Oh, uh, we don't let's have to do talk the, about no, no. We
1: we're here. <laughs> I'm right, so we're sorry. We're promoting I things. I wasn't going to uh, forget it. Uh, although it's got, got lots what?
0: of God stuff in it, you're going to hate
1: this book, Bill. I'm so glad you did. Soul Boom, I eat it for breakfast. <laughs> Why we need a spiritual revolution? Well, I am going to crack this. I'm actually going to be very interested to read this. Wow, you really spent some time on this. I did. I spent three years. Like you writing filled it. up all these blank pages. Yeah, I wrote all of those words myself. Did you know before you started that it was going to be 272? I had no. I had no idea. And yet yeah, it happened. It happened. I think yeah. that's the work of God. And when I say God, I mean James White. <laughs> <laughs> okay, soul boom. Why do we need a sp- sh- spiritual so part of So part... what kind of a book is this? This is not a novel. No,
0: it's a book on spirituality. It's right up your alley. Well, <laughs> um, But spirituality is such a vague term. It is that, a vague term. So
1: I, I, you could define it in a way that I would completely embrace.
0: Yeah, well, I I have a whole section on why I love and respect atheists in here. and But you uh, are not one. I'm not an atheist. Right. I'm a full-blown theist. But I love atheists. Is
1: that because of that night with the pot?
0: Um, and the god faith no it really isn't um it was a long many many years of of search and it came from a lot of personal pain and struggle and turmoil mm-hmm. where i really went on a kind of a spiritual quest in my 20s where i was trying to figure out why the fuck i was so
1: unhappy and what's the conflicted. most painful thing that ever happened to you um you sound like my therapist You have a therapist
0: i've had a therapist for 21 years
1: isn't that proof it's not working no
0: i'm doing great it's amazing the hold on a second hold on a second eat your words i am (laughs) i am happy content really in a in a rich fulfilling marriage okay my i'm doing incredible creative projects i've got my life on track and a and a a rich deep perspective that he but, but, for for fifty minutes a week for twenty years at great expense. Sorry, Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> I he has helped me on this path. Okay. So it's absolutely worth the money. Okay. So I have a New York First Times all, bestselling book. I have a right. successful show with, with, on <laughs> on Peacock. Oh yeah.
1: And uh, <coughs> we're gonna we're gonna plug that. that Do you need too. a cough drop?
0: No. Do you need a Heimlich?
1: <coughs> Do you need a hand job? No. Well, keep talking. <laughs> no, I like where this is going. Free, right? No. Um, so God. But wait, wait. Mm. I go back. I okay. want to get to the, the peacock in a minute, so don't forget that. But the the thing you were saying, I'm, I'm, it's, it's first of all nice to hear you here, nice to hear someone, and especially you, say how much you actually appreciate and am enjoying your life, because a lot of people are not happy like that. Yeah. But my question to you is, are you saying to me that you wouldn't be in this happy state if it wasn't for the therapist?
0: I, I don't know. I can't say that. But I do know that this guy I've been working with is really brilliant and uh, has helped me. Um, actually, a lot of my family members have seen him as well. And he's, it's been a great guide. And... Also, in in addition to therapy, and this is going to blow your mind, you're going to love this. I'm such a Hollywood elitist. He does hypnosis. I do hypnosis.
1: Well, I think a lot of them do. Isn't that part of how they get into your brain? I don't know. Not no? really. Oh. Not really. Yeah. So I hear from what I read that um, therapists are not just for completely crazy people anymore. Is there any truth to that? <laughs> because when I hear therapists, I think, "Oh, you're nuts!" So you have to go to this doctor to uh, fix. Well, I it. am
0: nuts. I am nuts, and I've had but a lot all of struggles, are. and I've had a lot of, you know, I've had a lot of really dark times. You ask me what the darkest time yeah, is. Yeah, what's I'm the, not, not going to get really specific. What's the bad shit, man? Well, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go completely there, but I will say that I talk? had many sleepless nights, you know, um, uh, with addiction issues and suicidal ideation and an- anxiety attacks that would render me uh, shaking on the floor. And uh, I'm de- guessing this depressive is all, all before the office. This was all before the office. Although, right. I had
1: some bad times during the office too. I bet you not as bad. Not as bad. right. because like what you I feel like I <laughs> went through the same thing, which was, yeah, when I was a failing loser, life sucked and I felt sucky about it. No. And then when I was doing better and successful. No. That's not. That's absolutely Success not Success came your I way. I was not
0: a fa- I was not a failing loser. I was, I was. a struggling actor. Well, and I that's was a failing th-
1: loser. And then you get. Ga- and then you became. Wait a, a second. A struggling
0: giant- actor is not failing loser. I was getting acting
1: work. I was living in New York. I was a theater Come on, actor. show business. Okay, show business is a is a hit or miss league, babe. Hit or miss. You know what? If you uh, make or miss, I'm sorry. That's the term the NBA uses. It's a make or miss league, show business. If if you um, are you know, you want to call it working or uh, starting, or if you're not doing well, if people, if you're not on riding on high, you're riding low. There's is, no middle in what show about business.
0: being an artist? What about because that's oh. what I that's how I viewed myself. Oh, well. I was a theater artist, I went to theater school and I was oh. a theater artist and I was making plays about the human condition.
1: Yeah, but you really wanted to be on a hit show. I didn't,
0: I, I swear, I didn't. Eventually, I was like fuck, I'd love to pay off these student loans. I better get some TV gigs. Of course. I didn't have aspirations for stardom at all. I've looked this weird, ungainly. But
1: that's why you're happy. It's because your life, you chose a, look. No, it's it's not circumstantial, dude. Who would know better, me or you? um i'll let no. the audience decide put it in your youtube comments who would know better about you come on <laughs> me or you uh okay but i i just think maybe you're not uh, when I'm, i was
0: uh, when is when i was in the office i spent several years really mostly unhappy because it wasn't enough, enough and this what? is what i'm looking at now and i'm realizing now like i'm on a hit show uh emmy nominated every year uh making lots of money with working with like Steve Carell and Jenna Fisher and John Krasinski and these amazing right. writers and d- incredible directors oh. like Paul Feig. I'm on one of the great TV shows. People love it. Right. All time. And I wasn't enjoying it. I was thinking about why am I not a movie star? Why am I not the next Jack Black or the next Will Ferrell? And how come I can't have a movie career? Yeah, why don't I have this development deal? That's so
1: and why don't? That's exact that's so honest, and that's so what everybody to a degree in show business is. Yeah. Everybody who's not at the absolute tippity, toppity top of that tall ladder called stardom is like, yes. And and you're like, Well, wow, you're just you're a terrific actor and you're doing very well. You're not Brad Pitt. Okay, they was only gonna make one of him, but do the, that's very much, and and you know, speaking of succession. I always thought Logan Roy was a great example of the exact person you don't want to be, the person who has so much, and yet they are constantly in a terrible mood and angry about, yeah. are we going to be circling for another hour? Yeah. They're what the Life is going 99% right, and they obsess on the 1% that they can't control and so they can't have.
0: There's a lot of ways out of an emotional situation like that. You can go to some therapeutic tools. You can look to positive psychology. You might say, just common sense, enjoy what you have. That right. might be your take. For me, there are some spiritual lessons from like, let's say Buddhism around realizing that the Buddha said that life is suffering and the, way, and the, and the reason that we suffer is we have such attachment to outcomes and to things that we're clutching, that we're grasping. And that if we can release our clutching and our grasping and our attachment, then we can release a lot of the misery of being alive. And when I was on the office, I was clutching and grasping at, okay, I was making hundreds of thousands. I wanted millions and I was a TV star, but I wanted to be a movie star. It was never enough. And humans, humans have lived for hundreds of thousands of years And never enough has helped us as a
1: species. Yes, it has.
0: And we've survived because of it. But in the modern world, when we've got our, you know, our Instacart and our Grubhubs and our stocked bars, we're (laughs) fine. (laughs) And, And this never enough kind of impulse is ripping us apart. It's one of the things ripping us apart. Um well so there are this is part of what yeah, soul boom is about but, is some spiritual tools to help us find a greater wholeness and
1: well-being. Yeah, there I get that side of it. There's also the other side of it which is um Buddhism first of all was started at a time when life was very painful. So the philosophy of if I just shut out how I feel about things, that I won't experience pain if I don't attach to anything. That made sense when life was shitty and you were wiping your ass with bark. But it's kind of antiquated now. Because, you know, we did get to this place where we we can have really cushy lives. Even middle class people, only the very poor really live in a kind of state. Even uh, what they used to call extreme, I guess they still call it extreme poverty. But it just in this century, we greatly reduced extreme poverty. You know, people who live on like a dollar a day. Sure. People who are shitting in the street. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about L.A. I mean like places... Yeah.
0: Child, child deaths during during childbirth. Yes, they've uh, made great strides. Starvation, poverty. And just
1: a lot of the world lives what to but, somebody who was alive even a hundred years ago would looks like an incredibly cushy with life with with incredible conveniences. And we, as soon as we take them in, we take them for granted. And I just. But Thoreau says the
0: massive men live lives of quiet desperation, and I think that's true because I think that whether it's a middle-class life and, and you, you know, you're working a job and you're making 60, 70 grand a year and you've got Domino's pizza on the table. Right. Like how many people living that life are truly like satisfied and content? Maybe some are, I'm sure some are. And how many how many people how, oh. in these Hollywood Hills that surround you, I won't give your address. <laughs> oh, I wanna give it right now. I wanna, <laughs> so that they beep it out. I wanna do it so bad, but I'm
1: not going to. Come but on, how many people, do the trifecta, come late, Mispronounce my name and give my address. I was
0: on Hit time. Hit the hat trick, baby. I was on time, 5 35. I was five minutes late. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. I'm going to kick your ass. No. I could kick your ass. Yeah, just I'm sure admit it. I'm sure you I'm could. I'm beefier. You are. You're willowy. <laughs> <laughs> you well, might be gainly, but you're also willow. It's funny.
1: I have Chuck Liddell is our, our the guest after you today. Okay. So I mean, I was thinking before I came over here. Well, if there's one guy I don't want to get a, in a fight with, <laughs> and it turned out to be it you. It's me. <laughs> uh,
0: so, but, okay. so so the, of the people living here in the Hollywood Hills and the people that you know, how many people live lives of uh, well, grace and
1: contentment? with their locks. Okay, but where did you read that you're promised grace and contentment and pure happiness in life? That's not what life is. Life is a game, and if you win it, you're probably in a minority. And even if you do win it, you don't win it 12 to, see, 12 to 1. You win it 7 to 5. I
0: see why you love the ending of Succession so much. You, <laughs> you are... A, you're like life is a shit, and then you die. Kind of. Uh, no, I, life I, is not. No, I'm not because, saying.
1: Li- I'm saying life is is good. Yeah. And even people who uh, I'm telling you, a hundred years ago, people did not have lives as easy and good as we have them. We we forget. And that. yet,
0: people are more unhappy than they've ever been. How the fuck do you know? Because who, wh- how, how because some, you can look happy- at you can look at suicide rates for for Gen Z people. They've they've tripled in the last twenty That's years. That's true. Yeah, that's the, that. The mental, health, yes. the
1: mental health crisis okay, well, is out of control that's right That's true. But now we're talking about a different subject. We're talking about the advent of social media and smartphones, which is only about 12, 15 years I old. Don't,
0: I don't know that, that 100% of this oh, that is mental all, health. Oh, that is all where that's. I coming. think there's a big percentage,
1: but could it be 30, 40%? But it's, I mean, of course, it's tied in with the materialism because what are you, you know, what is Kylie Jenner selling when Well, climate,
0: climate anxiety and political division and disunity and. Kids don't
1: care about that shit. They pretend they do. They don't give a shit about the climate. They, they want to be on Kylie okay, Jenner's hold, private plane. Hold on a second. They want to own that hold plane. They do not give a shit about... Bill,
0: a- when you have a podcast, you need to ask your guests some questions and let them talk every once in a fucking
1: while. You've talked quite a bit, and this is not a kind of a podcast where I ask anybody questions. <laughs> I don't... It, it, is that how you conduct your personal... Who said
0: that life was where you go on a podcast and they ask you questions? Yeah, that's
1: why... Life po- is
0: going on a podcast and you got to fight to get a word in edge wise you
1: don't have to fight you haven't fought all night you've had plenty of time to talk and you have plenty of time now to talk but this podcast is not like those other podcasts which is why it's doing better it is because it's actually interesting and it's actually what i would really be doing with you who i I don't know i love
0: it my son woke up one morning i'm not kidding he was 18 years old i came in to the kitchen and he was really distraught his head was in his hands i was like walter what's going on and this is absolutely true story he goes I just can't fucking believe it. And I was like, what? He goes, the Biden administration approved this pipeline in Alaska, like they just signed a Green New Deal a few months earlier, and now they've okayed this gas pipeline, and no one cares about it, and it's not even in the news. Like, don't they even care about my generation? He was distraught. He was
1: really seriously upset about it. Okay, he's the son of you he's a kid who lives in LA he's in this kind of world this what the middle of the country would call the elitist coastal types yeah. you know so i understand i don't think he's wrong i think it's great that kids there are kids like that and there are kids like that it's probably 15 20% of the kids it's not most of the kids in the country and trust me eh, I bet you if if he was uh give him a few years, he might be the kind of person who actually would fly on a private jet or would love to own one. <laughs> well, to calm him down Have you ever flown on a private I jet? I took yes, I took I took him in
0: my Tesla down to get a latte and get his chakras balanced. And he felt <laughs> so much better afterwards. <laughs> and uh yeah. yeah, I've flown on a private jet
1: a handful of times. Um I do it every weekend. Hey. I got and, no judgment, no judgment. I, I did a piece on it this year on the show. I was saying everybody who, in Hollywood, who pretends to be an environmentalist, and I put myself in that category, I said I, I can stand um, being called a bad environmentalist. I can't stand being called a hypocrite. And everybody, um, all these environmentalists, I had pictures of all of them. They all, Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, sure. everybody, They. Uh, we all love the environment but no one can resist a private jet and until they outlaw out, all jets it's it doesn't really matter or so they just make it I...
0: prohibitively expensive with you know yeah, taxation why, but... that goes toward right. I don't know carbon right. decreasing
1: carbon yes, emissions and they, some other they could do that yeah They could do that.
0: Well, the problem is, is that has been weaponized by the political right so much where if you like if I send out a tweet about climate change, it'll be like, You're a Hollywood celebrity and Leonardo DiCaprio takes his private jet everywhere, so shut the fuck up. It's like, okay, Leonardo DiCaprio takes a private jet everywhere. That may or may not be a good thing. Maybe he shouldn't do that. I don't know if he's doing other things to help the environment, to counterbalance that. What could which is you certain-
1: possibly do to counterbalance you that? You
0: could buy a million acres of rainforest and not let it get cut down in the Amazon. You could do both. That's what I'm saying. Could you do both? <laughs> that's a, that's what a counterbalance is. But the point is, is that people look at him and th- that hypocrisy and they're like, so why should I do anything? Why should anyone do anything um he Leonardo DiCaprio it's like he may be on a jet but you know what heat trapping gases going into the atmosphere are fucking us and hey. they're fucking up our grandkids and that doesn't change just because Leo's in a jet
1: why can't we buy the Amazon why can't the, I, all the people I think who it's a have, great idea I do too yeah. no one's ever said that can we should, you we could start that I'd love to let's hear from you on that, YouTube I, <laughs> that that is something I would actually yeah give, I mean I've given hey Brazil We will give you
0: uh, $300 billion, we'll pay off your entire debt and give us half the Amazon and you can't cut it down
1: for the good of the planet. Yeah, I always think if you throw money at a problem, it goes away. I know that sounds (laughs) cynical and succession-y, but it's also (laughs) true. I mean, I'm telling you, if you want a parking spot and you have $100, you can get a really good one. I mean, anywhere. All right. You know, All right. I'm, just, I'm not saying you should do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying it's a bigger version of that. Okay. But I don't know why anybody hasn't thought of that before. I know that there are people in this country like Ted Turner used to own or probably still does his estate does. Ted's gone, right? <laughs> yes oh, no. I think he's 107 I, I really <laughs> well, I'm feel I'm sorry dead. Like if you we right. really need a, an
0: app that's like dead or not dead I, because there's so many <laughs> yeah. people that like, I, I have no idea Ernest yeah. Borgnine
1: I don't know if he's alive or dead I oh know. I think Ernest has passed I think yeah, I think, you think? Ernest I is don't, gone yeah, yeah. but um, Mikhail's Navy right <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think yeah. so yeah, oh, yeah. Well, yeah I definitely yeah. know yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, yeah Marty is what I'm thinking Marty Marty Borgnine. I was before yeah. my time but I know yeah. classic
0: there's a lot of environmentalists and rich people that have bought up big acreage,
1: but I but think it's great. But I feel like we, that yeah. is something, I mean, I twice I gave a million dollars to a cause, you know, to Obama I, I, in 2012. I wow. Wanted to establish that, um, because they had just passed Citizens United, Yeah. you know, in 2010. And so the, the limits had been lifted on how much you could give. And there, were, and there was all these... Million dollar and up donations that the Republicans were gathering. And I thought, oh God, we have to have this man reelected. Not just because he was the best candidate at the time, um, but because it was a very important. I thought that the first black president get a second term, because if it was just one, people would talk. Let's just say that. Oh, he didn't really. Uh, he was a one-termer. You yeah, know? that's like a, a real albatross hung on. Yeah, it's like a one being a one-hit wonder as a right. rock band.
0: <laughs> you know, kind of,
1: that's just it's, terrible, uh, but it kind of is. It is. It, it's,
0: it, is. it, it really is. Yeah. It is the
1: same stigma. I yeah. mean, Jimmy Carter, who I thought was one of our best, most underrated presidents. Yeah. But, and and boy, talk about a guy who knows how to hang in there. I mean, I don't know when this is airing, so... If, he's if, if, still going. But I... He, that's the app, dead, not dead. That, he's
0: not dead, but he's been not, in
1: hospice for like a month. I mean, he got brain cancer at 94 and beat it. This guy, and this is the guy who can't wait to meet Jesus. Yeah. And then, like, he's been in the hospice, like, we were, I, I, I mean... They have his obituary on speed dial at the New York Times. I mean, they just kind of pressed send. And, but this guy's I think like The, ans- the answer is peanuts.
0: <laughs>
1: peanuts. Longevity. Now the, kid, the kids are going to have to go. Yeah, but
0: remember, there was that whole October surprise with the Reagan administration in Iran-Contra and Iran Contra, and not an Iran Contra, but paying the Iranians to not relieve the hot. Bl- release the hostages before the election kind of thing. That was one of the first big, like behind the scenes election scandals. Most people don't, still don't know that that happened. And that really cost Carter the election. I mean, he might've lost anyway, but it sealed his fate.
1: Uh, For the kids who believe that everything that didn't happen before they were born didn't happen, um, what happened was January 20th, my birthday. My birthday? Your January 20th? get out of town dad <laughs> january 20th I, I, january 20th how fucking funny is that that we would come to this moment look at this like not uh, you know it's so I mean, tender <laughs> i thought it went better in rehearsal but um <laughs> january 20th january 20th yeah it's a little club along with uh, Federico hughes.
0: fellini <clears throat> howard hughes okay david lynch i think um george burns
1: okay nice it's a good day kellyanne conway no <laughs> yes she's uh, got to be in our club uh, okay so anyway our birthday yeah. january 20th 1980 reagan is being elected yep. uh, is being inaugurated yep. and the iranians who had had the hostages for over a year released them like right at the yeah. moment of the you know like three the, days later yeah no no Just, like this that day that, that day or inauguration yeah. day yeah like as soon as, they, that's like how much they hated Carter. And I, we
0: were so naive at the time that people just, most people thought it was just coincidence or they thought it was Reagan's great, brave
1: leadership that
0: kind of right. forced them out. of
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, exactly. That yeah. was certainly the right wing um, yeah. ap- apology for that moment was, uh, oh yes, well, they were so afraid of just his shadow. Yeah. They saw his shadow and they just said, we give up. Yeah." Yeah, and he looked a lot like James Woods at that time. Well, less any, pockmarked. Anyway, um, I found this to be very fascinating. I must say, um, I appreciate you rolling with all the um, uh, <laughs> orneryisms <laughs> that I have as a host. Are you winding this up? I have to because there's another guest here. You double booked me. I didn't. We always knew this. There's we we tape these we tape you know for like all tv shows do like this because uh, not that this is a tv show
0: did you get like a flashing light that said second guest is here or something like that
1: no 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 there's a clock right there oh look at that right so wow i didn't even we see did it did an hour which is what we um do. um but bill listen we may not see <laughs> eye to
0: eye at all in on anything no we do i think politically we do i think we I see think. eye to eye a lot yeah yeah but i so i'm really not kissing your ass but i just honor what you do oh, and you. you've been an inspiration uh you've made me chortle and uh and i think you're just engaged in like some of the most valuable conversations going on in
1: our current well, i, Western I, I civilization. truly appreciate you saying and it. i, I and really I truly could, mean it I, I i could tell and i coming from you it means a lot yeah. and one reason i wanted to do this podcast or a podcast is because as much as I do love doing that, there just is a whole nother way that you can talk to somebody yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's not politically driven, although it drifts there sometimes, but it, the whole point of it is that it drifts. And I'm only saying this because you, you were joking before, and I am sorry if I cut you off. No, please. Okay. But like I'm you were joking you before, I you know, can take I know, absolutely. It. And you were uh, joking about like, ask a question. And it's like, that's what i do on my real show and real time is my real job and my real show and my yeah. real love but i also like sitting around bullshitting with people yeah. which is what i do yeah. like any wednesday night anyway sure the fact that i can do it with the likes of you oh, is just on. fan it's just yeah. fantastic because yeah. like you know this it's just different and just like it i mean my whole career has been trying to get the realest type of conversation that i have in my real life yeah. on film so right. that other people can see it yeah and i feel like i approximated it as well as you can under the conditions of a hbo talk show with senators and governors and yeah. but it's not like this sure this is like the, to me there's really no difference if there had been no cameras rolling I would have said the exact same thing and i think you would have
0: i was a little more self-conscious because there's cameras rolling and i'm like i'm on bill maher's show and when is he gonna when is he gonna jump me ideologically but uh, I agree. I agree hundred percent. And and I love that you didn't even ask, and you don't need to ask
1: about my oh, new
0: show on yes. Peacock streaming service. I told you, called you Rain had Wilson to, yeah, and the yeah, geography of Bliss. I have
1: plugs too. See, I'm streaming
0: told you. now on Peacock, I where wait. I travel the world looking for happiness, because I, unlike Bill, believe that happiness, right. well-being, satisfaction, and wholeness is possible and achievable and is something we can strive for. Peacock, you're not subscribing. Turn that around, America. Subscribe to the old Peacock. Watch Office reruns, which old Bill here loves. <laughs> and check out the new Rain Wilson streaming show. Bill, what do you got? You're playing, oh, Chuckles Comedy Casino and Bismarck, North Carolina on uh, April 22nd. <laughs> no, 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 no. With, uh, the with Fluffy casino. is opening. <laughs>
1: what do you got what do you got? <coughs> okay <laughs> but i did warn you i was gonna forget i know did, i know you did the a great job the producers warned about. me is like the so bill is gonna forget to plug yeah whatever you got you've got to do it yourself but the uh the peacock show is on already yes yeah, now coming? it's
0: just a, just out for a week and a half yeah okay the geography of bliss
1: so so you're going around the world yeah like where's a place that's blissful iceland kinda oh yeah that is the reputation yeah for, that, for sure
0: of course it has a really high suicide rate and like one of the largest percentages of people on antidepressants so you well, gotta weigh it but it, there's a lot it, of happiness and bliss to be found there
1: it's fucking cold it is well i will not be in iceland Oh uh, august 19th to be at the ovens auditorium in charlotte north carolina oh i love charlotte august 20th at the Township Auditorium in Columbia, South Carolina. I love the way they put the Carolinas together oh, on, that's so on nice. these swings. Why isn't there one Carolina? Do we really need why more than the South? Actually, you, you could make the case for the Carolinas. Why are there two Dakotas? There should not be two Dakotas. Totally. There, I'm not sure there should be one.
0: Also, why Delaware? Give
1: me a break. Yes. Who well, the hell? Right. But,
0: right, Maryland and Delaware. Just make it uh, Melloware.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: I got to go. Bye, Bill. Oh. Thanks. Are we going? <laughs> are we hugging what's happening i don't know what's happening the fuck out of you thanks for having me this
1: was fun being Awesome. you can't say it's not real it is real time no that's the other one Club.